Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome back. <laughs> Advanced kingdom mysteries made simple. We're learning a higher angelic wisdom from Scripture. Scripture is never fully comprehended or understood until you are standing in consciousness at the same level as the throne of God. Amen? That is a high understanding. Aren't the simple things <laughs> seem really complicated? There's always note-taking. always recommend taking notes. It's best to have it written on your heart. But for now, we write it in our notebooks. We take, you know, some people like the speaking into your phone to have it do voice to text notes. That's how I like to do dreams and visions sometimes. If I get a really powerful encounter, I'll often write it down to revisit it. Because the experiences, whether it's a trance, a dream, or an encounter in the spirit realm, out of body, in the body, whatever. Even the language of revelation, they tend to be written with a type of disappearing ink in the spirit realm. And for that grace of that time period, if you look and you lay hold of it, and you scribe it down, there will be more of it available to you because you valued it that much to take note of it. I noticed that's the same with Revelation. It's also the same with dreams. It's the same with visions. All of those ecstatic experiences, if you take the time to value it, and you write it down, or you type it out, or you save a, a recording of it, you take a snippet, you organize it, however you do, a screenshot in a folder, it opens up for more of that understanding to be written inside of you. Now, I know that's something that many of you already practice. You already know this truth, but some people don't know that truth. And we have no problems reminding you of what we already know, what you already know, so that we can pay more close attention to those things that we've already learned, so we can walk in them more accurately, more efficiently, more joyfully, and more in the awe and the wonder. When you take the time to make note of those precious things, when you take time to look and gaze into the small token that opens up into a more grand vision, that is going to become a portal, a doorway that is always accessible to you by the Spirit. What do I mean by that? When new revelations come, and the Holy Spirit reminds you of that vision, that encounter, that dream, that truth, that revelation about a dream, vision, or an encounter in the Spirit. When it triggers that flashback memory, don't ignore it. Gaze into it. When you see a burning bush, don't ignore it. Gaze into it. When you see the man of fire, the faceless man of fire standing at your right hand, don't ignore him. But look and wait, and I think you'll be surprised at the revelation that it unfolds, and not just the revelation, but the change that takes place in you as you become new by every revelation that's given to you. It's the renewing of the mind of Christ. 
So some may say I have a thorn in my side. A messenger from Satan to torment me. Beezleboom. <laughs> so, what is a thorn in your side? It is something from the realm of the natural that is worthless to your eternal destiny that's pinning you into the below world. And so, what is God's response to anything that's pinning you into the below world, keeping you from rising to understand the word above with the Holy Spirit? His grace is sufficient for you. Now you need to have an anchor for the soul in grace. Otherwise, you get discouraged. You always go back into the human nature. You get into religion. You get into rebellion. You get into idolatry. You get into self. You get into the natural realm, natural man living. Listen, sorcery is complete and has run its course in the person that gives up development in the invisible spirit world. Ultimately, the desire of sorcery, which is the heart of Satan, is to get you discouraged to no longer press in to the invisible. Why? Because they only rule this world by dominion through the invisible. If you are relentless into the invisible, you'll make progress even though you face all opposition. Amen. <laughs> so what do we do? We press on to win the prize of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And what is our motivation? That there does not exist another path in this world except one more deeply and intimately into the Word of God. Now the ancient Israelites would study Torah continuously. In the wilderness it was everyone, and in the priesthood, it was the tribe of Levi, set apart to study the Word of God. Why? To fight the invisible battle. Now you're all royal priests, which means you all study the Word. And if you're not studying the Word, there's no possibility to go deeper into the Holy Spirit. Why? The Word of God is the keys of the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? Entering into the Spirit of grace. Entering into the covenant of grace. Entering into the bloodline of Messiah, King of the universe. So it's through the Word of God, the study of the Word, that we go deeper into the Spirit every day. Now, when you go deeper into the Spirit through the keys of the kingdom, studying the Word, which is the Torah of grace, the teachings of Messiah, you will expose everything that's trying to keep you out of the Spirit. That should encourage you and not discourage you. A young soldier gives up. That's why it's written, Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season it shall produce fruit. What kind of fruit? The fruit of the Spirit that comes from the planting of the Word of God deep within you. It will overtake you. If you realize there's nothing else here to do on earth except press into the Word, you will not be defeated. But you'll be more than conquerors through Christ who's called you. You've answered the call. What's the calling? Studying to show yourselves approved a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does it mean to rightly divide? It means to separate the natural from the spiritual, to go into the spiritual, for God is spirit, and to have dominion over the natural. First, your natural, 
than others, which is growing in grace because you understand the cost. Amen. Paying the price is separating you by the slice and dice. Separating what part of you? Soul from spirit, bone from marrow, flesh and brain, brain and heart, parts of the soul, parts of the palaces, parts of the interior castle, understanding the whole temple of the Holy Ghost without deception, without ignorance, without resentment towards truth. Now, what you're facing is the same thing written in Torah of Moses. Augury. Augury. Some of you have never heard that term, but this is exactly what Babylon the Great has done by its potent sorceries, and the potent sorcery is Jewish Kabbalah. It is. Oh, what about... No, it's Jewish Kabbalah. It is a people cut off from Messiah, using promised land abilities that Messiah brought them, not for Messiah's will, and not in marriage covenant to Messiah, the Lamb of God. This is why there is so much resistance and attack towards your souls when you start to hear about the deep secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Forget the deep secrets of Satan. These are the deep secrets, as Jesus Christ said, I give to you the deep secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to others I speak in parables and riddles, having eyes never seen, having ears never understanding, lest they repent and come into the knowledge of truth. It is written. So our job is to expose the deep secret mysteries of Jesus Christ so you understand what the enemy is and what the enemy is doing and how he has the ability to deceive the whole world. It is an ability that it's an abuse of the promised land that has your name on it. God is calling us upward in Christ Jesus. And how do we grow upward? I am so glad you asked. The Bible tells you, you go upward through one thing, wisdom. Now, wisdom comes down from above and lifts you from below to above. It is written, all divine wisdom, James, comes down from God. You need to understand how it comes down. Then you need to understand how you go up by practicing it. Practicing wisdom is practicing the ways of God in the heavenly realms. It's not an earthly wisdom. That's called diabolical in scripture. It's not a worldly philosophy. That's diabolical in scripture. It is the wisdom of God and you grow in wisdom until you maintain a heavenly state of being and a heavenly mindset. That's how the heavens get shaken. A people that have the wisdom of the scriptures in the heavens. Not in the earth. That won't help you. It will not help you having earthly wisdom, even from Scripture. <laughs> you just get religious. You just get discouraged. Oh, it's not working. Well, it's not working because of that elevation. Because you don't have wisdom. You have to have the wisdom of the Scripture, which is the spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus, the upward path. And then it begins to work. And then if, instead of discouragement, you have encouragement. Instead of losing, you have winning. The Word of God always wins. It is the sword of the armies of the angels of the great I am. And if you think they can lose, you don't know Jesus very well. They're not here to lose. They're here to win. Christ always leads us in triumphant victory. But who is Christ? He is the unfolding of God's word. 
Nothing less, nothing more. He is the full manifest victory of everything the Father has spoken to you. And if it's not working in your life, you have not believed it, believe it, and you will take a chariot ride on that word. For that word is the King himself. Revelation 19, King of kings, Lord of lords, what's his name? Torah. What's his name? Word of God. I saw his name. The name of the king. Just a regular king. The king of all kingship. The lord of all lordship. His name is Torah. Word of God. Which is wisdom. Which is a heavenly understanding of scripture. Hebrews 4.12 says Jesus Christ isn't just rhema. The word there is not rhema. The word there is logos. You know, logos is written word. So you have the logos, which means you have Jesus if you have a Bible. <laughs> it's not just pen on parchment. It is Jesus. The word is God. John chapter 1. The word is God. What's the issue? It, mu it must be mixed with the part of you receiving salvation, which is your spirit, called mixed with faith. Unless it mixes with faith, you don't even understand what the scriptures are good for, which means no possibility of building, no possibility of wisdom. When you understand the mixture of your spirit with the word of God, you get a grid for the school of divine wisdom, and you stay enrolled until you understand the scripture standing before God the Father in all Shekinah glory. Until then, stay in school and don't drop out your learning. I mean, you go in a freshman and you expect to be a doctorate? But we're like that in Christianity. I've been around the apostles for three years. Listen, 17 years in Arabia of the Apostle Paul. Who is beating you up? Who is discouraging you? It is a blessing to even be in the school of wisdom. Be encouraged right now that you're even hearing the school of wisdom. It is a great honor. It is the greatest privilege. Even angels long to look into these things. It is written. What do angels do? You know what angels do? They go to school. What do angels go to school for? Learning everything about their creator God in heaven. We must learn all that God is teaching us today. That's our daily bread. What is God saying today? I'm going to put myself in the secret place, which is a stillness to hear his small voice. It is a still small voice. It's not often a shout. We'll shout so you can get into stillness. We'll shout so that you can be quiet in your thought life, which is a healthy judgment towards every distraction. For the pure in heart not only see God, they hear God, because he only speaks through your heart. And the more you're circumcised, the more clearly you'll hear, and the easier your life will be, because it's based not on your own words, but on the Word of God, which is the Gospel, which saves you, which means salvation is growing in your hearts to renew and consume your minds the more you know the Bible. It's true. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God, what is that? The gospel. <laughs> Concerning salvation through Christ. I did not come, 1 Corinthians 2 amplified, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, no lofty words of eloquence or of philosophy as the Greek orator. 
might do, but I made the decision to know nothing, that is, to forego philosophy and theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions while among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the meaning of His redemptive substitutionary death and His resurrection. I came to you in a state of weakness and fear and great trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom using clever rhetoric. But they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me and of His power stirring the minds of the listeners and persuading the minds of the listeners. Verse 5. So that your faith would not rest on human wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. What's the power of God? Paul tells you, the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. What is the gospel of God? Jesus the Word. Jesus the Word. Yet we do speak wisdom. Hallelujah. Among those spiritually mature believers who have teachable hearts and a greater understanding. But it is a higher wisdom. It's not from earth. It is a higher wisdom, verse 6. Not the wisdom of this present age, nor of the rulers of the leaders of this age who are dying. Who are dying. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The wisdom of once hidden. Secrets, mysteries, real wisdom, hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. To what? Our glory. To lift us into the glory. What is the understanding of Scripture for? To lift us where? Into the heavens. To live there. Promised land reality. To lift us up into the glory of his presence. Amen. 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 Always staying teachable. <laughs> staying humble. <laughs> receiving like a child. Repenting in a place where we don't receive. Like a child. Being at peace with God in your mind. To realize how soft and how gentle he desires to be toward you. So we're learning his ways and you're taking notes and you're changing your thoughts and something starts to click. Something starts to make sense, it's that popcorn moment of revelation, expanding your tent pegs, opening wide your spirit to receive revelation. Amen. Your light, your lamp. What is that lamp within you for? Is it to be hidden under a bushel? You know the song. No. 
Okay, I'm gonna let my light shine. Just say it out loud. I'm gonna let my light shine. I'm gonna let my light shine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. That's the menorah. If you are the temple of God, isn't there a menorah lamp in there? If you are the temple of God, isn't there a table with showbread on the table constantly? What was the rules? They had to put the 12 loaves there and swap them out immediately. So if that is the temple of God and that holy place is consecrated and not full of other things, We understand that there is never lacking bread. I have never seen their children begging for bread. Constant supply of bread. Keep the lamps lit at how many how many times? All times. Never let that light go out. They say, you know, Keep the fires burning. Stay on fire for God. That's great, but how? It does require the inner working. There's grace when you're young. But if you notice, if you stick around religion, it's like a damp, like a wet towel that someone just puts right over your flame until it feels like you're barely alive. What happened to that flame that used to burn so bright? You know, you'd be in the Word for hours a day, despite working day and night, speaking to the Lord, talking to Him constantly, praying in tongues all day and all night. What happens to that fire? That religion, that rebellion, whether it's the false fire, right, counterfeit fire, or just a wet cloth trying to put out your fire, Neither of those things is acceptable, but if we come to an understanding of the inner working of the temple and we begin to recognize out of my belly flows rivers of living water and that's a river of fire. And you place your hand on your spirit as you read the word of God and as you pray and as you hear words of wisdom as you hear words of Torah, as you hear words of prophecy, words of teaching and preaching, and all kinds of good and faithful instruction, you feel it start to build on the inside, and you feed that fire. And you start to become wise to those things that the enemy has sent you, those people, those messages in your inbox, those situations, those friendships, and we'll just call them friendships for what they pretend to be, what they appear to be, those things that call themselves fellowship, brotherly, sisterly fellowship. Oh, don't forget to come to the potluck and after that, and make sure you have the text messages and that. What are those things that are trying to dampen your fire? We can't blame others for dimming our light. And at the same time, don't ever let anyone or anything 
dim your light. How? Let it shine. Which means what? Feed that fire. Keep the fires burning. If something's coming around to your life that's dampening that, it's time to set healthy boundaries in your life. Where are the areas of your life that you still think it's okay to compromise? Essentially, that is one of the key principles of rising on sapphire stones. At each level, when you go up, you let go of an area of compromise. Oftentimes in the higher levels, it's usually going to be something that you didn't realize was a compromise. It might be impossible for you to know or see it or understand it because of blindness in that area. Until that sapphire stone is revealed to you, you can't see through it. It's grace. But once it's revealed to you, if you want to reason with your brain why, oh, I can quote this scripture and that scripture and all the false glowing radiant light of the shell that deceives, I can argue with the Holy Spirit why I should be allowed to keep those conversations, keep those friendships, keep those habits, the way of speaking and responding to people, how I've just it's always been okay until you got to that point. You're not going to go higher until you change those ways. It's not usually just some, oh, mystic teaching, and once I have it, and I know it, and I can explain it to my friends, then I'll really have it. It's oftentimes an area of compromise, and I've found this on every stone. It's an area of compromise that you didn't know was compromise. Or maybe you felt it in your spirit, but the mind and the heart are ready and right there to argue using scripture, using previous glory experiences, and it's like that every time. And you'd be surprised at how subtle it is. Some of these things, as I go up on sapphire stones, they're so subtle, even in my own experience of removing that shell, it's almost impossible for me to articulate it at these levels where I'm standing. I think in hindsight, things become clearer. But it's important for you to know those subtleties so that you can keep rising. It's almost always involving how we treat other humans. Not just angels, not just gods, not just mystic teachings. How you speak, how you respond to someone, how you treat them. Do you grow in a great, you, greater respect? You cannot grow in a greater respect of heaven. There, there are gates of respect of heaven. It's actually impossible to grow in that unless you grow in respect, in action, in word, and in deed towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because it can't be only above and not below. Otherwise, the balance, the scales are completely off balance. So you have to start looking at how did I used to communicate with others? Or how am I communicating with others now that even though no one in all of Christianity would even believe it's a sin, just like Charlie Robinson, who's been to the seventh heaven in a vision. When he came back, he saw the sins written over everyone's head. And the majority of them, he realized that no one would even believe or think that that was a sin. And we're talking about people who think they're the most advanced of Christianity. 
So I asked the Lord, please grant me that clarity. I don't care what it is, if I can understand it or not. If it's not okay with you, it's let it not be okay with me. Whatever has to change, let's just change it. If this whole thing is going to change, I may not understand right now, but I'm willing. And even if there's part of me that's not willing, I'm willing for that part to be made willing. Just, I believe anything is possible by your grace. Let it be done in my life. And if you're in agreement with that, let it be done in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. So we can keep going up sapphire stones. And then you'll be tested. You get the revelation. Then the mind will instantly grab a scripture to attack the Holy Spirit revelation. Or the heart will grab a feeling, an emotion of an experience. Well, I thought it was so glorious. We had a good time to justify. And even if you do get the revelation the first time, almost immediately you'll be confronted with the same situation. And when you go back to the old pattern of the thought passing through the brain, the neuron, or the emotions in the heart, and then you act on it, you just failed a test and you didn't even know you were taking a test. That's why it's so slow for everyone rising right now because most people don't understand what the actual test is. They think they're being tested and there's all this pressure and all these other things. It's really just how you treat each other. It really comes down to that. And it's just the word of God. These principalities are already disarmed. It's only when we give them permission by these sins that we don't know or believe or realize are sin. But we're destroyed for lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. Holy Spirit, I feel you right here. It's coming out like fire. Thank you. I just want to honor your presence. We love you so much. We want your way. Mm. Just let that simmer there for a moment. It's so precious to feel to feel him so tangibly with us. For him to come up and out and manifest himself, it's, it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's a joy. It's his desire. What if he could just, what if we could just pull back the veil and show you all those words written over your head? They, I've seen them before. They, he didn't let me see the exact written words. And I can see them a little bit faintly even now over your heads. What they do is they glow. They're a counterfeit of the inscription. I feel so much fire the Holy Spirit right now. He's coming out right now. Those words of those sins that we don't know or understand are sin for the most part. They have a glow to them. What they do is they sit on top like a false crown. And they kind of have a white glow. It looks like glory. But what it is, is those words of our sins, they absorb the glory, they take it. That's that shell. It's a false crown, it's a false sapphire stone. And so, whatever those words are that are sitting over your head right now, because we all have them, to the extent of how many more sapphire stones or trees we have not yet conquered, that Jesus has already conquered. And so, just being tender and sensitive and knowing, okay, what's that next word written over my head that he wants to deal with. Something that no Christian on earth would even believe is a sin. Now you want to get radical with the Holy Ghost. You go into those realms. What is it he's asking me to change about the way I listen to others? The tender heart towards others or the 
holiness, the virginity, the holding sacred, the heart affections and not giving them away, the protection of that wellspring that he paid the ultimate price for you to have, to not whore ourselves out with it, but to come into a greater understanding of how he actually wants us to be. And it's those, those refinements. It might feel a little difficult at first, but it gets easier the more you let him have his way. And it always corresponds, that next word he's dealing with above your head that's absorbing and stealing Shekinah glory, that's keeping the face from shining, is actually corresponding to the truth of the next sapphire stone you're going to walk on. Isn't that great? And so as you go up, that's what you deal with. And that sin, when it's forgiven, that's grace. When it's forgiven and wiped out and it's no longer over your head, you know you received grace. Because it's been washed away. It's gone. And then if I looked, or if the prophet or the man of God looked with the eyes open, they would see that word isn't there anymore. And more glory is coming out. And that truth not the lie about that sapphire stone, but the truth of what God says it is. His written word, Tiferet, Torah. And his spoken word, Rhema, Shekinah. Both sun and moon, which is righteousness. Living. Moving. And the whole room is just turning white. My eyes. And this cloud overshadows my vision. It's his will. And it's simply hearing and obeying the word of God in our lives. can't tell if that cloud is physically manifest or if my eyes are being taken over by the glory. But it's beautiful. How to rise. Yesterday after seeing those lightnings, like, and angels like cherubim, with my natural and spiritual eyes both over the lake I live on. There was such an impartation when I came home last night after Joel's bar. Everything was the brightest I'd ever seen out of my eyes, like I had never used my eyes before. It was just utterly shocking. And so everything she's saying is true. The expunging of that list above you is what has your inheritance as you rise. Now scripture clearly says what forgives sins is the believing of the gospel, faith, grace, and faith is what saves you in what? God's word. So understanding God's word is what raises you from the dead. <laughs> what are we eating as our daily bread? The word. Now what is bread supposed to do? Sustain you. To be healthy, which means to build up your spirit with understanding and wisdom 
into higher realms to be with the angels. Why we're dealing with such an apostate, backslidden body of Christ is because they refuse to understand the scriptures at a higher heavenly area. And everything you see down here, even in the charismatic church that's established as sound doctrine, is earthly interpretation of the Bible, which is guaranteed apostate Christianity. Not my opinion. It's what the Bible says. Wisdom is from above, which means if you're not learning a higher heavenly, celestial, even starry interpretation of scripture, your interpretation of scripture is what is damning you down in the earth. That's what's cursing and killing you. The dead letter kills if it remains earthly. Okay, It's one thing it falls to the ground and dies, but then it comes alive in your spirit. In the spirit is the wellspring of life. Out of the heart the mouth speaks. Guard your heart above all things from from it proceeds eternal life. What is eternal life? The water of Torah, which is the water of the word. Not the water of your human word, the water of Jesus, the word of God in heaven. So you get over yourself and you get into God and it becomes living water. And it becomes personal in dealing with God and wrestling God inside you for territory of understanding so it's the human understanding that fights God's ways. That's what's written in Proverbs chapter 3. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your water courses. Where? Upward for the path of righteousness, which is the path of Torah, the word of righteousness, the son of righteousness, shines ever brighter to the full mm -hmm. dawn of day. What's shining brighter? Not God. He's already in full brilliance. Jesus Christ, the exact perfect brilliance of God, which means the word is is already glorified your understanding or wisdom of it is not so it's our response to understanding scripture being teachable like children entering the kingdom like little children which means not big know-it-alls with our bible degrees and our 40 years sitting in the pews in the charismatic church but we're here to learn a higher understanding of scripture and only those teachable will ever inherit the promises the main thing you're dealing with is the stubbornness of sorcery says, I already know the New Testament. No, you don't. Your knowledge of the New Testament is like demons. That is literally what we're dealing with here in this situation. The earthly knowledge of Scripture is demonic. That's your opinion? No, that's the Bible. James 3.15 This superficial wisdom is not which comes down from above, but is earthly secular, natural, unspiritual, even demonic. Earthly, scriptural understanding, Bible says, is demonic. So why do you have the reaction to a higher celestial teaching of scripture? Because you are in demonic Christianity. If you are in the Bible in the earth, you are around the occult and not real, living, breathing, resurrecting Christianity. So what the devil has done is turned Christianity into earthly occult and witchcraft. Not rare. That's the common thing in every church in the world right now. And why there is a resistance to the resurrection. But there will be a people that learn. A childlike people. 
Notice only the children inherited the promised land. Does that mean you're doomed if you're over 50? Not at all, for you have an inner man. You have an inner man that will always be a child of God if you remain teachable to a higher wisdom, a wisdom from above, and open to repentance and correction in your earthly understanding of New Testament teachings. You know, we have the Old Testament as well for wisdom. We have the New Testament. What is the New Testament for? Wisdom as well. Wisdom. What is the purpose of the Bible? It is to maintain the inner man in elevations of resurrection power. Not that I've already attained this ideal, Philippians 3.11, but I strive towards it to obtain the heavenly resurrection, Philippians 3.11, it is written. We are striving to maintain, that's why it says labor to enter the rest. Why? It's a labor of love. It's a labor of faith. What is the work? To believe what in the word maintaining elevations for outpourings of Jesus Christ through your bodies as his temples. If you can't amen. be a child, amen. If you can't be a child, like he said, be humbled now by Enoch, who stands in the presence of God Almighty as Metatron. And if you look at Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. That word for child, in Proverbs 22, 6, in the Hebrew, is one of the nicknames that Metatron goes by, what the Father calls him, and what many of the angels call him as well. It means a child. They literally refer to him as a young person or a child in the Hebrew language in heaven. So, unless you've already surpassed Enoch, <laughs> and you're already far beyond his advancement in angelic wisdom as Metatron, who knows human thoughts before they even happen, then humble yourself to receive like a child. Isn't that precious? Train up a child, the, the word here to train is Hanak. Which is also the Hebrew word for Enoch. Proverbs 22 6. Hanak Naar. Train up a child. He started in his training and he ended up a child of God. <laughs> started as an adult, ended up a child. It's a good story, yeah. Amen. He's aging backwards every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what being alive is all about. Train up a child, Enoch, Naar, Hanak, Naar. Train up Enoch a child in the way he should go, in the Son. way. Enoch a child in the way. You must Enoch a child. Train them. How? In the way. What way? The way that Enoch walked in. Otherwise it wouldn't be written that way in it's Hebrew. The Hebrew Enoch. Train up a child in the way. Feel the Holy Ghost. He loves Enoch so much. <laughs> that fire is swirling with love. Train up a child. Train up your inner man. Enoch the child. Train up Enoch. Enoch means to train. Train up a child. Ah, that's what he's called now. 
He has many glorious names, but they, they call him a child. It's like, there must be a trend in heaven when I started tapping into these realms. The angels started calling me Little One. <laughs> and I'd heard of Enoch's name. And so I thought, you know, it's an honor to be referred to as, as a child, a young one, a youth. Anything close to anything that they're calling you not, it's an absolute honor that we should tremble in awe and fear and respect for heaven in their ways. And it's, it's a precious thing for you to become one of the little ones of heaven. Just a young sapling in the garden, yeah? The father who loves you. Cling to him, cling to the sun. Amen. Isn't that nice? Shiki Baba. Yeah, I thought your spirit would like that. <laughs> Clinging to the sun, that's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I began to taste Jesus and he said that in my mouth and started to drool a little. I have a couple of notes oh, that it's we called can steak. Read. If you it's want to marinate, it's steak. <laughs> I see, I like, you know, when you go into marination mode, I know you don't like to. We bothered too much. I'm going to read a couple of my notes here while we marinate. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. They talk about the, you know, play the cymbals and the tambourines and do all this noise making and singing. But in Psalms 150, verse 6 of that section, it says, the actual Hebrew, it says, let every neshama praise the Lord. It's not just everything that has breath. It's let every neshama praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, which is kol, neshama, halal, yah. Halal, yah, that's yad, hey, that's yah, cloud rider. The rider on the air above. Let every Neshama, what does that mean? Maybe you remember this detail from the masterclass, maybe you don't. It's that level of a holy soul. Ooh, oh, you feel that? And that word to praise, hello? That's Strong's H1984, which means to shine. So let every Neshama praise the Lord, or so open your mouth, a holy soul, and let your words shine. Not the words above you stealing the light and appearing the glow, but a holy soul. Open your mouth and let your words shine. It's the greatest description of living by the fruit of your mouth I've ever heard. Thank you. When your words shine. <laughs> <laughs> First in the invisible, and then in the visible. All that had the breath of the spirit of life in its nostrils. It's a reference to those who possessed the holy neshama. So this is from my diary today. I've been asking for a few years what praise is. What is praise? 
I was never satisfied or convinced at all. At all the flailing about and the opinions that ensued when I asked. What is the meaning of this verse? Praise him with the blast of the shofar. Praise him with the lute and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the strings and flute. From Psalms 150, that's three verses four. Oh, what does it say in verse six? Let every neshama praise Yah. And the rabbis said, the others are not worth anything. Only the praise of the neshama. How is that something they've known for thousands of years? So the praise him with the shofar, the lute, the lyre, the timbrel, the dance, the strings, the flute, the songs. Let every neshama praise Yah. The others are not worth anything. Only the praise of the neshama. That's why it is written, let every neshama praise Yah. And when I look at my notes, what is Nishama? Do you remember? Have you taken the master class? I know you you already know. You've got your notes handy. You've memorized it. You don't even need to check your notes. It is the third layer of the soul. Not the Nefesh, not the Ruah, but the Nishama. Oh goodness. We're a work in progress. Progress, yes. Rebecca. We're gonna be studying. I've never seen anyone answer Rebecca's questions correctly yet because it's so new and fresh. But just keep learning, you will get it. It's in the master class, you can find it too. If when you go through it again, now that you've heard it the first time, it's going to open up in a new way for you. And a lot of times when we kind of stop and say something by the Spirit, it's a key. There's a secret, there's a mystery in there. You need Some to understand also, schooling for the child is not one year. You begin typically when you're four, five, six years old. And you have 12 years of lower education, and it's called lower education. Then possibly you go into higher education, college, master's, doctorate, different fields of research, become experts in different fields. So the lower education, even in the natural, is 12 years plus kindergarten, it's 13 years. So understand this is a far more superior school that you've entered of celestial understanding of scripture, cosmic inheritance, to wear celestial garments is simply to wear the word of God in the heavens. Amen. <laughs> the garment. Amen. The neshama, the soul, the breath, the revelation, of neshama that is paralleling the world of Berea of Yetzira. Isn't that interesting? That parallel word, that parallel world to the world of Berea, which is Yetzira. Berea of Yetzira. It's a level of the soul. Not the nefesh, not the ruah, but the neshama, the soul, the breath, 
It's a special place. In the imagery of the candle, the neshama is the halo around the white flame. It's not the white flame itself, but that luminescent glow, that white halo that might appear when you see it just right. They call it the highest level of soul. Concealed light. Invisible. Unknowable. Concealed. Supreme. Above all. Hidden. It longs to be clothed in the Nefesh and Ruach. And when it prevails, the person is called holy. It's a holy soul. I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new soul. Why do some people have so much trouble putting to death the animal soul nature? Sacrificing that? Because they haven't yet received that new soul. So in their eyes, it looks like they're giving everything. They don't have anything else. Who was the woman who gave all? Not by giving the pastor her two cents. Mary of Bethany. <laughs> well, with an alabaster box. Yeah. There were many. Some gave all. Some gave all. Some gave all. I think Elijah and Enoch gave all. They received something special. There's something special as you go up. I think Jesus gave us all. Jesus gave us all. He's the OG. That's what makes this all. all possible. That's why there'll never be anyone more great, more honored, more revered, more respected, no one more beautiful, no one more, more wonderful, more gifted in any way than Jesus. <laughs> Rabboni. Rabboni. Uh, I try not to get too emotional because I want him to show up as himself and not as Dominus. Okay, when I see him next time. <laughs> it's interesting in understanding rank and authority in the kingdom. It's almost exclusively determined by a person's understanding of scripture. <laughs> and you, you're really not going to find any other thing in there that determines your rank, your elevation, your authority, or your power in the kingdom other than your understanding and your wisdom, your wisdom of the Bible. So, at 12 or 13 in Old Testament times, you'd have questions at the synagogue, and if you impressed your rabbis, you'd have the possibility of going into rabbi school. And it'd be an 18-year process, and if you were successful in passing all of your tests and understanding Torah, at age 30, you could become a rabbi. And so, if you understand, the Old Testament wisdom was an 18-year deep study, and there was five main tests that they would take from being young boys into grown-up men. And if you passed, if you failed at any time, you would go home and just do your parents' trade, business, marketplace, whatever and live a wonderful life. But the priesthood was reserved only for those who understood the Bible. So now you're a royal priesthood, which means the quality of your ministry, and you're all ministers. To be a full-time minister, you just get born again. Now out of your heart, your mouth speaks what? The word. So 
growing in relationship with Jesus is growing in understanding with the Word and ascending the ranks as a rabbi, as a, a student, as a young student, you're not necessarily a rabbi, you're not a teacher yet. Very few Christians are actual teachers. You can tell most of the ones that are teaching out here absolutely should not be because they're teaching from the earthly. And like we just read in James 3.15, it's demonic. So when you hear earthly teaching, don't matter how Christian it sounds like, how grace it sounds like New Testament, and gets your emotions all flared up with excitement about God, if it's earthly, it's all demonic. Wisdom only comes down from above. So we need a people that will mature and use their years to become teachers of the understanding of the heavenly word. That's the only thing that will bring progress to civilization, by the way. No society has ever had progress except from the word of God. Any place where the Bible was not introduced is still in the dark ages today. The most advanced civilizations now in every nation and society on planet Earth are the ones who have read and understood and studied and gone deep into the Bible. Okay? It's true of Germany. All their engineering came about through renaissance of Scripture and Bible and grace and Martin Luther. Truth anyhow. England, America... Every place where society has advanced to a higher level of life, it's all because of one thing only, the Word, the Bible. So the measure you go into the Bible and into the Word is the measure that you've been raised up into the divine life, society-wide, nationally, and we keep pressing the envelope to go deeper and higher in the Word, and we will go so high that the whole world will have the same standard as God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the standard. But the standard is an understanding of Scripture. The standard is a teaching. The standard is a rabbi, a rabboni. So if you understand that's what progresses civilization, always has been, always will be, you can spend your time wisely in Jesus' name and repent of the earthly, Open up your hearts and minds and get all the fear and paranoia of the religious demon out of you and go into the heavenly and go as a company. Go in an apostleship. Go with the prophets. You're safe with the prophets. The prophets are always in unity. Why? Because there's one daily bread that comes down from God. It's so wonderful tuning into the real prophets every day of my life. I have this privilege for 17, 18 years of full-time ministry and there's total unity in the daily bread. False prophets, they're all separated, saying daily different things. Why? Because it's not the wisdom that's come down from God. It's their own individual thing they're doing out here under 200 million fallen angels that tell them something differently, but it's all false prophet. It's the unity of the mountain of Zion that has the bread of God the Father's heart. Father God is releasing those loaves, those 12 loaves, and those 12 loaves correspond to the 12 mountains of the Garden of Eden, and anyone that's obedient and intimate with the Father's heart, eats that government of His Word into themselves and digests it, and has a Word that is in union with God and union with other men and women ascending to God through understanding Scripture. So the unity of the brethren is always the same in the twelve mountains of the Garden of Eden through the twelve fresh loaves of daily bread from God the Father. 
and you will be able to easily recognize those that are bringing it from above and those that are in the old moldy stuff below that are pretenders, hypocrites, and fakes. What did Jesus Christ call them? Teachers of the Bible, Pharisees, and hypocrites. He called them teachers of the law. What is the law? The Bible. Teachers of the Bible, you Pharisees, you scribes, you are hypocrites. It is written over and over he said that. Why? Because it was earthly understanding and not the fresh, heavenly, living understanding from the living Father. May we all repent and get into the living Father. May we learn to eat the fresh bread that corresponds to elevations in the Spirit, which are understanding of what the Father is training His children in today. It's called Word Academy. Word University. It does come down. It gets digested by the head first, which is the apostles and prophets. Why? Because we're better than you. No! It's because we've taken this path for many years and have learned how to digest it and then regurgitate it into the younger ones, the children of God, so that they too can mature on the holy mountain, to ascend to God, to mature all the body of Christ. It's not about favoritism, it's not about titles, it's not about any of this selfish, prideful junk. It's about the Word being able to be understood in all your hearts, in all your minds, and in all your flesh, and bone, and blood, and house, and business, and priesthood to God, that we may all ascend and become overcomers through understanding the Bible. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. That is so good. Amen. Giving us hope to move onward and upward continually. There's no limits. There's no limits to how far you can rise in Christ. Just be willing. Receive like a child. Receive the training. To cabal is to receive instruction. It's just a matter of whose instruction you're receiving. The wicked cabal that receive their instructions from demons at high ranking levels. Those principalities, the demon gods of the angelic spheres. Isn't that true? They're all into Kabbalah already. Mm -hmm. They're already into Because every person on earth is receiving instruction mm -hmm. from either demon gods or our Heavenly Father. Right. Some Here's receive instruction with knowledge, some without knowledge. <laughs> but everyone is cabaling some form of instruction or another. It's true. You can't avoid it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't run away from it. But choose this day who you will serve or who you will cabal. Word written in the Bible in Hebrew. Instruction. Who Choose this day who you will serve. That's who you'll receive instruction from. Grace gives you the ability to choose your master. That's written in the Bible. So when you get that grace... Choose carefully, because that will be the entity whose instructions you're receiving for that next period of time until the next grace comes. Okay, so that's important. Now, let every neshama praise the Lord, the neshama. What's all this? If all the other things of praise are worthless, without a holy neshama, shouldn't we strive to be a possessor of a holy neshama? It's a gift from God. But what is the preparation? Let's go through those three levels just quickly. Nefesh, Ruah, and Neshama. Neshama is the holy Neshama, of which you want to be a possessor of, because it says, let every Neshama praise Yah. 
Otherwise, all the praise and the kumbaya and the sand and the music and the singing and the dancing, there might be a measure of benefit. There's also written in the New Testament, there's a measure of benefit to physical exercise. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But if it's considered even for thousands of years by every Jewish rabbi to be worthless unless it's what the actual Torah says, which is neshama. Let every neshama praise the Lord. If I don't have neshama, I can't actually praise the Lord accurately. I don't have that. It's, it's a, I will give you a new heart. It's a new soul. It's a, a layer of the soul. Now, everyone who's born into sin, typically you're just going to be born and live in your nefesh. That's the very bottom layer, base layer of the soul. That base nature. The seed of the appetites. In the Greek, uh, the, if you want to study the Greek and the Hebrew, the Greek is the psyche. Seed of the appetites, right? That when you're fasting, you're starving out that nefesh. That part of your body is mo most closely linked to the nefesh, that first layer of the soul. That's the animal soul. That's the sacrifice. Okay? When you're born, you're just given a nefesh, right? In the world of Isaiah, that first world. We go, we're going through worlds through Jacob's Ladder. We're ascending worlds. That's how you do it. Also known as the natural realm. Yeah, the natural realm. That's why you start by discovering your spirit. So you're breaking away. The word of God will first divide between soul and spirit. And that's why when people read the Old Testament, or through the Bible, Old and New Testament, you'll notice, and Brandon's pointed this out before, sometimes heart and spirit are used interchangeably. Why is that? Because the Jewish understanding, the Hebrew understanding of the layers of the soul and the spirit are much different than the Greek-minded education that we have currently. In modern Christianity, which is lacking overall in holiness and all those things that are pleasing to God. So you start with that. That's what you're born with. Now, when you get into the sun, this is why we always press getting into the sun of righteousness in that first world. Get onto the moon first of all, you'll be an overcomer. If nothing else, at least get onto the moon. And then get into the sun. That's advanced training in righteousness. That is when your nefesh actually begins to transform. It transforms into a nefesh haya, which is the righteous who resemble the winged angels. That's when you attain the status, fire, of a living soul. That is what links your soul to the Shekinah. You're becoming a living being. You resemble not a spirit of a man. You can see little fun pictures that we made of this on the masterclass, Training in Righteousness. The links are in the description. What changes in you, in your spirit, but in your nefesh? Instead of an animal soul, like on the earth, it starts to resemble more of the winged creatures. And that happens in the sun, and the spirit told me today, Rebecca, don't you remember when you and Brandon were going through this, and I made a stick figure drawing <laughs> of these little guys in a cloud, and that was the season, if you go back to the Joel's bars from then, we were fighting those 
blue serpents of false revelation. They were blue because they represent that lapis lazuli, false blue uh, revelations that keep people from rising. So even though we'd gotten into the sun, we had to stay in there, in that cloud, right? Because you're in that Shekinah. He showed me like a cloud foam of glory to, to transform your spirit and your nefesh, that first lay of your soul as an animal sacrifice in the altar of the sun with the priesthood of Michael the archangel and Raphael for the healing and the priesthood. Amen. When we stayed in there, do you remember? I said we have to get rid of these false revelations. Once we attacked the false revelations that were encroaching and they were out of the cloud because they, they try to make holes in it so it's not a full cocoon. A butterfly needs a full cocoon. Mm -hmm. If you remember, they were taking up those spaces. So when we really started to attack on a greater level, false love, not even the false love that keeps you out of the sun, but the kind that keeps you from transfiguring in the sun. It gets... All it is is as you go up, it's those more subtle deceptions. So even when you get into the sun, take your time. Stay there because my first time going up, when I didn't last, I was flying blind. If you remember a couple years ago, I posted, uh, it was when I was flying blind above the sun and I hit, I smacked into Jupiter. Some a backyard Texas astronomer caught it, a flash on their, their camera at that time. Uh, my spirit had not yet transformed my nefesh that layer of my soul had not yet transformed. In that realm, your inner man is an angel. I was flying blind the first time. I still don't. Though I, the Lord doesn't like always show me what I want to know. I know I went up really high the first time flying blind, uh, just not understanding those realms very accurately. Uh, but I, f I fell from some of those realms. And what he says is the word is what keeps you there. How many times have we heard it on Joel's bar when Brandon said, it's the word of God that pegs you in the high place. That revelation, that pegs you in the high place. So now, when I when I went back up again, I only went as far as the sun, and I determined to stay there because it's like an embattlement. It's one of the safest sapphire stones you can possibly right. be in. Chambers. It's very safe. It's very, um, as long as you're staying within that, it's a place of transformation. It's much safer. Like, you're going to feel more stable than on the moon where it feels like it's easy to get on there and fall off. It's the sun seal of each world ascension of glory to glory. It's really powerful. So I determined to stay there and to see what I could do against Jezebel's tower to help the rest of our people rise and then establish and really navigate and make it permanent. So as we're navigating it, we're charting it, we're building it all together as a group and going up. So now we can go forward as a forward observer. And as everyone is rising, where it's being established because everything in the heavens is established, not just pioneered by one person, but established by two or three witnesses. So you could be like Enoch and go all the way up. You could be like Elijah and go all the way up. But to establish the highway of holiness and rebuild it, that's what we're doing. That's the mandate here. The Red Letter Ministry is the highway of holiness unto the Lord so that no wicked thing will be on it, and it'll make straight the way of the Lord for people to return to the Father. So that's what we're doing here. So get in the sun. That's that transformation. So that's your lower nature, the nefesh. The animal sacrifice becomes like the living creatures as you go up. But you must sacrifice it. 
At that stage, it feels more difficult because you have not yet received the Nishama. You don't have that other soul. He's like, I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new soul. He gives you the Nishama. A new stone, a new brain. It was possible in the Old, old, old Testament, Old Covenant, men of God, men of wisdom, prophets, faithful people, by studying Torah faithfully and following the Old Covenant, God would still grant the neshama. That's why they were uh, so adamant about not using anything in anger because it was said you could uproot your neshama and it goes back to God. So it's something that you must cherish. Now, how do you set up to receive it? These represent the worlds of Yetzirah. Remember, Yetzirah is the world of the soul. We started in Isaiah. When you go through the levels of Yetzirah, they correspond. Ooh. Mm -hmm. They correspond. Yeah. To your inner man and to your soul, the layers of your soul. The second layer of the soul, the ruah, is what becomes a throne for the nishama. So if you want to have a nishama to praise the Lord, to be able to partake in the holy praise that's written about. In the Old Covenant? Well, you're not going to do it like they did in the Old Covenant. You're going to do it in the New Covenant, in the Christ. In the New Covenant of Jesus Christ, in His blood. By drinking His blood and eating His flesh, which is the Word of God. The cup of the New Covenant and no other cup. No cups of demons, above or below. So when you move on to that first tree, Yetzirah of Yetzirah, after the world of Isaiah, that is where you work on the sanctification of your Ruach, or the Ruach, that word, I believe, is why spirit and soul are used so interchangeably throughout the Word of God. There's a level of your soul called Ruach. So you have a spirit, but when you're going through these trees, you start in your spirit, it's about dividing. That's what I'm looking at here in the scriptures, just that exact same thing. Oh, yeah. The Ruach. Of the worlds, Psalms 33, 9, he breathed, ruach, worlds, plural, which are all the layers of spirit, soul, and body that you ascend through. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So you go through, Mikoshai, you go through Yetzira of Isaiah, you go through Yetzira of Yetzira. That's Nefesh and Ruach. What do you do when you go through the world of Isaiah? You, go, you discover your own spirit. You start in the spirit, completely separated from your whole soul. He's not even going to worry about your soul layers yet. You just... That's when you use discipline to obey God. You're not really maybe obeying Him out of love to stay away from pornography or to stay away from, you know, false love. Whatever level of obedience you have to stay away from alcohol. Whatever level that you have of practice obedience in your whole life, He starts you out in the spirit first. That's why God inside-minded. And then grow your spirit. The Word of God then divides at that point between your spirit and the layers of your soul. And then he goes through each layer of your soul. So once you've gone from Malkut to Keter in your spirit, that's the world of Isaiah. Now you go on to Yetzirah, Isaiah of Yetzirah, which most closely resembles the spirit. 
as you go through it. Now, when you start to experience realms, that might make a little more sense to you, because each tree or each world or each layer of Yetzirah as a world in itself is a little bit different. And the soul is kind of, it, it shadows those other realms. It's kind of like a mirror, it's like a reflection. Now we see the mirror, the mirror within a mirror, all those things. So as you get to, right, you go through Isaiah, you discover your spirit. You go through the layers of the soul cleansing, the Nefesh, which corresponds to Isaiah of Yetzirah. And then you go through the Ruach in Yetzirah of Yetzirah. That was a really fun season. You'll notice each one is a little different, the way it manifests. That is how you how you attain the Ruach. Instead of just living in a Nefesh, living an animal life, through divine service and proper action. Now, this is Old Testament wisdom. Old Covenant times wisdom. So think, when I say these words, in the New Covenant, you obey with the Spirit, but your soul is starting to learn how to follow the Spirit. He or she makes himself or herself worthy through divine service and proper action. And if deemed worthy, it's that Ruach on the plain of Yetzirah that's given to you. The spirit, the Ruach, becomes clothed in that vitality of your Nefesh. So that Nefesh part of you, the animal soul that caused you so many problems, can actually become a quality garment. And you see that in the tabernacle, the animal skins on the outside. It can be a quality garment for your Ruach. And, and that Ruach desires to be clothed. In the Greek version of that, that's going to be Pneuma. That's the Pneuma. And again, Ruach, sometimes they're talking about spirit, sometimes they're talking about that layer of your soul. So it takes wisdom to understand. Mm, fire. I feel that. Fire. Thank you, Lord. So what's the point of that Ruach? So when you go through Yetzirah of Yetzirah, that purpose is to make your Ruach, your second layer of your soul, a throne for the Nishama. That becomes a throne. The Nishama that God gives, it's a holy soul. That second layer of the soul is intended to be a throne of glory. For the, the Nishama God wants to give you. Amen. Isaiah 22, 23. You are a throne of honor and glory in the Father's world. Amen. It's through the impulse of anger that the Nishama can be uprooted and it goes back to the Creator who gave it. So it's something to be valued, something to be treasured. And as you conquer Berea of Yetzirah, the Nishama is yours that's what you're developing you're receiving you're you're learning i don't have the full understanding because we haven't conquered it all the way yet but that is what you receive is that holy soul because the other parts of you you're let's say our nefesh has already shining face the holy soul the nishama is that the shining face of a person that fully understands the word at a high angelic level it's the 
it'll sit on that throne of Yetzira of Yetzira that's been conquered as a throne of glory. When it prevails, the person is called holy. Well, aren't you already called holy after the sixth interior castle? You've made it through to ma it makes you holy. You enter into that first level of the seventh interior mansion. When you step into Bina in the world of Asayam. Isn't that true? Yes, that's true, but there's something not yet received. I'll give you a new soul. There's a transformation of your nefesh and there's a receiving of a holy neshama. And with that, you can praise the Lord in a special way. And we I, love the animals. And that's what they call real high praise. I, that's the high praise. The ability of the high praise. In the old covenant, certain people walked in it. Let's take a look at that. Enoch and Jared possessed a holy neshama. And they were able to shield their entire generation. It's a shield. It's a greater shield. All those words that you might have been hearing or seeing about a greater shield coming. It's the promise of the sons of God conquering Berea of Yetzirah. Between Enoch and Jared, the entire generation was shielded. It'll even cover all the politicians in the world. Now, this is interesting. I was looking at it. Noah, his merit of him and his sons, it was only enough to save him and his own family. But Enoch and Jared, they had the holy neshama. That's the level of being able to shield your generation. Now, there is a type of wickedness that God said, even if so-and-so was alive, and so, like, the greatest names of all time, it would still only save them, and I would still wipe out everything. So, we can never draw our own conclusions about what God is going to do until he speaks it. I don't think sin's going to get saved. Sin's not going to be Better saved. Get burned out of the earth. But the hope of a greater shield, especially for us, for the, for the people of God, that's what we've been praying for. And so God has been bringing acceleration uh, in those realms of revelation. Now, Adam, this was interesting. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, the verse that says, All that had the breath of the spirit of life in its nostrils. That was a reference to those who had neshama. And this is what the sages said about Adam. Adam was wise because he could recognize and perceive all who possessed the creaturely soul and who possessed the holy neshama. That was Adam's wisdom. So we're talking first family wisdom, Adam's wisdom, Enoch and Jared wisdom. There's something that was lost uh, over the years. There's something that in Christianity, you mainly only see them trying to praise in their nefesh, but they don't possess a neshama, neshama. Now, since the New Testament is here, Jesus Christ came to intensify it, right? He came to intensify the covenant. It's not going to be like in the Old, Old Testament days. It's going to be only through Jesus Christ. Now, Enoch, when he was taken up, he met Jesus. So it ultimately leads to Jesus either way. Um, but we're in new covenant realities and kingdom age realities. Yeah. But we love the animal soul, yeah. We want to transform it. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> He's the entire path of all learning of the word of God as you rise to your father with your spirit, soul, mind, and body every day. 
and his grace is sufficient for all of you to rise. Amen. Just stay in school and don't drop out. <laughs> don't that, be. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> the devil gets 95% dropout rate. That's what I've seen so far. Because people just don't get it. They don't understand. And temptations overtake them and they drop out. As long as you stay in school. And, you know, not even that you're the best students. That you're just showing up for class. Right. And you're opening your Attendance ears. Attendance 100%. Opening your ears. <laughs> yes. You know? And you will rise. Did, it's about showing up to school. Did you ever have one of those teachers that had compassion on you just for showing up and trying your best? And like, I know they're giving it 110%, so, you know, I'm going to make sure they get through the class. You know, how merciful is God compared to earthly teachers? If even a wicked teacher will have compassion, how much more the living God? Look at Jesus' disciples. I mean, he called them dull like 12 <laughs> times in the gospel. Remember they're talking about the five but, fish and the two but the, what were the two, they? five loaves they and two consistently fish. showed up and stayed with him yeah. and remained teachable. He said, we're out, even when they couldn't believe what he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, they're like, we don't have anywhere else to go. Like, we're going to stay in school anyhow. Well, we won't someday it will click. We know that you're the one who has <laughs> See, the that's words the of life. Of a disciple. You just never leave the rabbi. And right. just keep cling to the rabbi. <laughs> Once you leave the rabbi and stop learning, you are doomed. And people doom themselves, and it's the worst thing in life when you drop out of rabbi school or word academy. Mm -hmm. So stay in word academy, stay in celestial mm -hmm. Torah school, and you will rise. It's just a matter of time. It might take three, five, six years, but you're you're learning a higher angelic wisdom. And it does rub off on you, even when the devil is attacking your mind. Mm, that's important. Stay consistent and don't go into panic mode or freak out mode when something you, you don't understand or there's something going on. You might be in just getting burned up in the fire. Uh, the Lord showed me the library of the celestial wisdom is a safe place during the storms that are coming. And there's been a lot of confirmations on that, but you showed me in an interactive um, type of experience in the night that it's really, when all the storm is going crazy, these libraries, when you stay in them, it shelters you from the storm. It really does. So all the more reason to be in class, right? Cosmic wisdom like eagles. Eagles will fly right over the clouds. So it don't matter if it's raining, lightning, thunder, you're above the weather system. Hello? So the higher your education in celestial Torah, the Word of God, the Lamb's Book of Life, the Father's understanding, the higher you are above all the drama of the earth. The nations rage, it is written. Oh, they're raging out there, aren't they? Sorcerer and dog alike, everyone from below. And all the generations of sorcery of Laban and Beor and Balaam and Jannes and Jambres and their offspring, which is what Babylon the Great is, it's the maturity of that seed line of the patriarchs of mm -hmm. sorcery, they are raging. That rage is not to touch you, children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the Ooh. 12 tribes of Israel, <laughs> and the 12 apostles of the Lamb. You are to be above it all, sealed in Word Academy by a celestial student teachableness and showing up for a class. You'll be protected by being in the class with the teacher. Yep. Who is Messiah King. You don't want to be playing hooky outside with the kids getting into doing drugs and bad things and 
worrying about your neighbor and striving and envy and jealousy, worrying about all kinds of crazy things. Uh, but I think let's shed just a little bit more light before we go on the neshama. We'll shed the ore of the light, like snakeskin, those glowing coverings that peel off, right? Shedding that, okay. Okay. Uh, as the shedding of the cat hair goes flying out mm -hmm. here. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Okay. Really nice. Cool. God loves the animals, you know? He loves the animals. And that hope of you getting into the sun, that nefesh, part of your soul, that's always been like the bane of your you know, cosmic existence and trying to rise and do anything in Christ, it becomes your ally and not your enemy. As you sacrifice it, and you transform into the sun into more of like a living creature. You're still going to have your issues, but once you conquer those realms and keep going up, it gets a lot easier. Proverbs 20, verse 27. The candle of the Lord, that's yad heh vav -Heh, is the neshama of man. The candle of the Lord, it's from God, it's not from you. He gives it to you. The candle of the Lord is the neshama of man. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. How are you going to search all the inward parts? There's a whole realm of understanding we haven't even come into yet. Of these things. Teresa of Avila said there were so many levels and layers to the interior castles. And that's just the one inside you. That's not the one inside God the Father. The kingdom of heaven was within you. But he's going to draw you out of yourself into himself, through Christ. Anyone who's been to heaven and has had Jesus show them the Father, they say the same thing. He said, oh, they'll freak out over how amazing Jesus is, which you should, because he is amazing. But he said, oh, yeah. Along the lines of, you know, this is nothing. Just wait until you see the Father. He desires to show you the Father. The Spirit longs to show you Jesus. Jesus longs to reveal the Father to you. And the Father desires to reveal all these things to you. The candle of the Lord, the candle of yad heh vav -Heh, sapphire stone, is the neshama of man. Searching all the inward parts. And you'll find that the candle, as we look at those levels of light, the lighter the candle, well, you have the wax, the beeswax. Ain't nobody's beeswax, you said. Okay, okay. All like right. Like menorah up here. You like that? Mm hmm You have the candle of the Lord. The first part is the wick, the black. It, it looks black because the, the light there, it's black because it's burning, the wick. That's the nefesh. I am black but lovely. Shekinah. And then the ruah. It's the white light. You look at the candle, there's a, that white part of the light, the fire, the flame. That part that's supposed to become a throne. Tifret, the sun. Oh yeah, see how they're co corresponding? So you have the black part of the light. It appears like darkness to me. I'm black but lovely. There's, there's a flame there. It's just burning the wick. The white part of the fire, then you have... The neshama is also invisible light. How many times have we pressed into that revelation God gave us about invisible light? This is how you walk in invisible light. 
Prepare to receive the Holy Nishama. That's why we're going up. You can do it in this life. It doesn't have to be in the life. You'll do it in the world to come as a believer who's saved. But it's possible to do it in the while yet in the body. Mm -hmm. As it's written. Hey, I saw you. <laughs> I saw the... Was that like funny. a squiggle line in there? Of light. Say, sign me up. I just had they're like they're drawing. I don't know what was that like an angel with like a big squiggle line like this, like of light, of invisible light. He's signing people up for class. All right, anyone who wants, <laughs> raise your hand if you'd like to join that class <laughs> in that heavenly academy. If you're at home, go ahead and raise your hand. Let the, the angels, angels take note. The angels, angels are taking note. Yep, they write Let them write. No, yep, write the names down. We'll sign up the animals too here, just in case they're eligible. I love you. Spider and cassette, we volunteer them. We too. volunteer the pets. Yeah. And the whole crack house, amen. Amen. Bam. And your pet too, watching at home. <laughs> I know you love your pet. Okay, okay. Glory. We're praying for your pets. The pet blessing ceremony. We have to make it a whole TikTok and go viral. Okay, no, 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 it's not. That's not our ministry. Okay. I'm not saying we won't do that someday. There shall be yes. a resurrection of the animals. That's we can all the cute Noah's animals bring them around. We love the fur baby. We post the pictures of your fur babies if you <laughs> love to share them. We love to see the pictures of them in the glory. glory. But yeah, the nishama, the holy nishama. That's the invisible light or the halo around the white flame. Not the white flame itself, but that halo of invisible light, right? Only sometimes in the right light you can see it. It's that halo around the flame. Concealed light, invisible light. It's the candle. Oh, no, what was it? The candle of the Lord is the neshama of man. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. Exodus 44 is light the ner. Mm. What's ner? The candle. It says the candle of the Lord is the neshama of man. The ner, the candle. Ner is candle. The Ner of yad -Heh vav -Heh is the Neshama of Adam. This is in the Hebrew. The Ner, the candle, of yad -Heh vav -Heh is the Neshama of Adam. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. So that word Ner means the candle. It means to glisten, or lamp, or light. And that word Ner comes from two wor root words, Ner, Five, which is Strong's 5214, sounds exactly the same as that one, and 5135, which is Ner. Near and Ner, Near and Ner, there's a Ner, Ner. Okay, don't make up any new songs like that, that's fine. We have enough of that around here. <laughs> Someone's gonna have that stuck in oh, their head tonight. You just Ner. heard a demonstration of high praise. <laughs> yeah. Just a few steps away from high praise. Near and Ner. Near and Ner. Yeah, I was talking to the angels earlier. I was demonstrating my innovative words of Torah, my Sailor Moon, uh, you know, the Sailor Moon innovative words of Torah to see if it would get me into the Heavenly Academy if I get, like, a uh, the higher academies with the... if I get a letter of recommendation that I innovated the Sailor Moon Torah. And that was, like, you know, that's what we were doing today. <laughs> because, think about it, they said, fighting evil by moonlight... Winning love by daylight. So they're fighting evil that steals the Shekinah, by, which represented in the moon by moonlight. So you're fighting evil by moonlight to try and set free uh, the Shekinah so she's not in exile with you know the people of the Lord. If it happens above, it happens below. 
winning love by daylight, right? The bridegroom's chamber is the sun, the love, you know, the bright light of the sun. Anyway, so that was my government. That was my Genesis one. It is so. Maybe your angels can write me a letter of recommendation. I fear. (laughs) There's a class I want to take. But to be honest, a lot of this stuff, I got confirmation too, that I'm talking to you about right now, is literally about like a first grade angelic class level, like first grade. So, first day in the first grade. That's exciting. (laughs) These upgrades encompass all aspects of your life through your senses, and your entire existence gets upgraded, and it's real and it works. So, welcome everyone to Celestial Torah University. It's really fun. And uh, I won't keep you too much longer, but I want I really want to show you those near and ner. The 5214 and the 5135, those are the two roots that make up that word near, which they used to say that it's the candle. The candle of the Lord is the neshama of man, of Adam. That first root, near is... The idea of the gleam of a fresh furrow, which is, I had to look, I had to Google this, is a long, narrow trench for planting seeds. Mm. Oh, we're learning how to farm. Here we go. Oh, yes. So in the heavens, it is written. Amen. The idea of the gleam of a fresh furrow, the gleam, the shining, of a long, narrow trench for planting seeds or irrigation, right? Seed planting or the living waters, the streams, the irrigation. It's those those little uh, narrow trenches for farming. Also, it has to do with the words break up or till the fallow ground. What was the stick they gave Adam to till the ground that came from the Garden of Eden that came, actually was hewn from the throne of glory of sapphire stone? That was the, the rod of Aaron and Moses. The one that uh, was in the garden where Zipporah would pray. The garden of her of her father, Raul, which means a friend of God. That stick was used um, by Adam for tilling. So you can go into Jasher and read about that. So, yeah, break up the fallow ground, right? We know that has to do with the heart. We're talking about layers of the soul now. The idea of the gleam of a fresh furrow for planting seeds. And then the other root word it comes from, the 5135, ner, to shine or fire, or fiery. And that root comes from 5216, another near, which is lamp, candle, or light. So light the near. Exodus 44. Bring in the candlestick, menorah, it says. Bring in the menorah. And light the lamps thereof. Bring in the menorah and light the near thereof. Light the candle thereof. Or the, the near. The lamp, the light, the narrow, the trench for the irrigation and for the seeds. That shining, fiery trench for farming celestial cosmic seeds or words that came down from heaven. The bread of God. Five loaves and the two fishes. Bring in the menorah and light the lamps thereof. He said, light the near of the menorah. 
The near is the neshama. Light the neshama. How are you going to light the neshama? When you reach the top of Berea of Yetzirah. And that crowning lighting of Yetzirah was lit with holy fire at the learning of wisdom of a higher realm not yet tasted, not yet seen, not yet known in our former versions of Christianity. Light the neshama of the menorah. Light the near of the menorah. Exodus 25, 31, And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, a menorah of pure gold, of beaten work. Shall the candlestick be made? The shaft, the branches, it says, his shaft, his branches, his bowls. His bowls, his knops, and his flowers shall be of the same gold. But then look what Zechariah said, or in, what's written in Zechariah 4.6 in the Amplified Classic. Then he said to me, remember Zechariah, the angel who said to me, the angel who said to me, we've been going on. Then he said to me, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive trees, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. And this is what the spirit told me. He said, The spirit is the oil, and the bowl is the word of the Lord. The spirit and the word, or... the Shekinah, and the Tiferet. You could say the Hakma and the Bina, the Bina and the Shekinah. All these things together is one, but it's the Spirit and the Word, the, the Logos and the Rhema, not just in the earth, but in the heavens. The written Torah and the spoken Torah. You need them both. And it only happens by faith, and that's how you can please God. By listening, obeying, and walking in it. Thank you, Lord, for the bowl. Golden bowl. Of the word of the Lord. I think I'll leave you with that. Amen. Remember to cheerfully pay your tuition in Word Academy. Click the links in the description. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.